the symbol of the dragon eating its tail represents archetypal and classical phenomena, transformational phenomena known as essence eating psyche. So, mm-hmm. so your essence is your essential part. It's your essential nature. So your essence for most people is usually about the size of a grapefruit. <clears throat> and your psyche usually fills up the rest of you. People in Western cultures have a far more developed psyche than um, people in third world cultures who have a, a larger essence. You can, you can experience that um, physically. I mean, you know if you hang out with third worlders, they just have this bigger being and their psychology is minimized. And if you hang out with Americans, in the big cities especially, you, you know, you've got this huge, highly sophisticated, complex psyche and the essential nature is kind of withered and invisible. It's hidden in there somewhere. So, but still, um, the transformational process begins when you enter what's called the corridor of madness. This is the terminology that's um, given to that process by E.J. Gold especially in the book, The Joy of Sacrifice. So, um, the corridor of madness um, begins a series of 18 sacrifices that a person makes, the first of which is not even actually made by yourself, and it's actually sacrifice zero and that is the sacrifice of peace of mind. So that sacrifice happens to you at some point when you start beginning hearing, beginning to hear the ideas that I'm talking about right now, which you've already begun to hear as soon as you join camp. So um, really for, for, for moni- most, many of us here, some of us here anyway, the process of the essence eating the psyche was begun. The first bite was taken of the dragon eating his tail when you signed your contract for Camp One. That that really was like um, beginning the pro- beginning that process. But you didn't do that. You didn't sign. You didn't sign that contract until you already had lost your peace of mind, and you're trying to make it your mind peaceful again. <laughs> <laughs> There's a punchline. <laughs> <laughs> it's white. Yeah. What'd you say? Yeah. 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 So, uh, sacrifice a piece of mind is not something you do yourself. It has something that's done kind of for you and. Um, you probably can remember the person or the book or the meeting that you went to or whatever that or the film or whatever that started that thing for you just like um, can anybody does anybody have stories about that do you remember Joshua uh, yeah yeah, yeah, totally. Oh my God! You hold up in search of the miraculous, and so just by Peter, you have spent a few. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and he did it. P.D. Ospensky. Um, he's described. It's it's the most. Who is a student of Virgin? That's a. Tape recorder, you are too stupid to live. It's like the most relentless description of Gurdjieff's teaching and and he talks about all human beings living in this state of robotic asleepness and I read it and it was like oh my god I was right it's all true you know it was like physically physically it was visceral like reading and it was just excruciating and then I read it and it was like Oh man, that's too. Fuck that! No way! You know, I can't deal with that. So it was like years before I was able to try to deal with it. Well, great. We all have stories like that. I don't. You know, I don't. I feel like something happened inside. I, mean, like, I don't remember it from the outside, and then I started to look at something inside. Mm-hmm. It was like I immersed in an environment that was so extreme of this world. Yeah, but but what happened was when you had that when you were looking for the miraculous, you were looking for something different. Yeah. Right, something real. You were looking for something real. Then there was a point when you first had a conversation with somebody that started connecting you to a school. And um, a school is an organization of people who are committed to the, uh, the transformational path, are committed to the process of transformation, and um, like keeping that alive, even though it's contrary to all cultures and contrary to um, like psychology. It doesn't it doesn't fit with normal human life. So there have been many times when schools have been persecuted or destroyed or radically uh, snuffed out, assassinated, just killed, really, and so the schools have had to go underground. So at this moment, that's not true. There are schools alive and functioning within our culture and other cultures. And still in some cultures, it's, it's not allowed. You know, it's underground. It's really even underground. It's like the early Christian, the early Christianity in Rome was underground. I mean, they met underground. So, um, still, yeah, yeah. It's just left over from witch burnings and um, just you know, yeah, and it can change like that. Really, yeah. So there are there are traditions that have been handed down for thousands and thousands of years that we don't know about that are still alive and well. I mean, there's a there's a, a there's a, a school in France that are where the actual descendants of Jesus Christ are living. His children are alive and well. You know, his children, his ancestors, or whatever you call them, precestors. I don't know. Post-sisters? What? Descendants, thank you. His descendants are alive and well and living in France, in some place. And I just, it's, I think it's true. 
and which is not publicly known. This is not a thing. As you talk, Carlos Castaneda's work comes up for me in some way because it's so public but it's still so secretive. Yeah. There's this way it's popular fiction. It's, mm -hmm. pop it's popular. Yeah. It's like invisible, but there's this like, yeah, it's, it's like light. But there's also a lot of examples of people who were doing this work in popular culture and they were like glamorous and stars and then like all of a sudden like they were like pariahs. Like remember Earhart, Gurdjieff also, there's just a lot of people out there who you never, well, one minute they're like, yeah, and then the next minute they're like, the worst of them. So I interviewed a guy from um, Carlos's school, Lee, Lee Goldstein, and that'll be part of the uh, modules also, once, once Jude transcribes it. Um, so, what was the question? Oh, what was the question? Sacrifice number one. Okay, yeah, and sacrifice, sacrifice number one is the sacrifice of comfort. So, and that's, that's really the fundamental sacrifice that goes from here on out. I mean, that's the one. It's also sacrifice number 18, is the sacrifice of comfort. But, anyway, if you, the talk isn't about that. What are we talking about? There was a question. I have a question. When you say there are, we were talking about so Okay. You're saying 18 strategies, though, like in the last address. You kept saying, like, Yes, thank you. No, but you were also saying there are 18 strategies, yeah. like that's number 7, that's number 4. Are yes. they connected to these sacrifices? Um, I, no, I don't know. The enneotypes, those came off the enneotypes. I thought you were joking. I thought you were joking. I never joke. What is enneotypes versus the enneotypes? Those are the same. Is right. that he he spoke about it, but it came from a different tradition. He just used that as a tool for confronting people with their mask, and it's a pretty useful tool or effective tool. There's a bunch of books out about it. I'm not into it actually. I mean, it's like it's so what. I mean, it, in a way, it doesn't really matter. But um, some people are really into it. But I don't have very long conversations with those people. It just doesn't work out that way. So. If you want to check it out, there's a lot of books. None of those are on the um, Camp 2 reading list. Just to let you know. I don't have any opinions about this stuff anyway, either. But you are right. <laughs> if you only had 20 minutes to like... So here's the deal. If I had 20 minutes to tell you, all I'm telling you is that we're teaching you sewing because there are points <coughs> or periods in the corridor of madness where you got to have like something to do with your body that's very straightforward and, and simple and involves your motor center and maybe your thinking center a little bit but involves just uh, like working on something over and over again repetitive simple it's like basket weaving or knitting or crocheting or um, like woodworking or you know like carving wood carving like handwork handwork and it's just something you have to already have in place so that when you when um, you feel the necessity, there's like a, there are, they call it the corridor of madness for a reason, and that's that um, once you begin, uh, the only way out is the other side. So, and so, um, and it's not recommended that you try to sort of grip onto the walls and try to stop the process 
that makes it pretty excruciating. The recommendation is just to just step, 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 and just keep going through. But well, there's nothing to see. I mean, it's all kind of like, really, uh, we're switching logos for Camp 2 to pull in one that's not so um, standard. And the, the new logo, I think, it kind of looks like this, um, uh, like a tornado. Or the mouth of the, of the, if you're looking like up a uh, tornado that kind of circles around and swirls off kind of into infinity. And... The, Right, that's the point where it picks you up. That's so. Th- anyway, that's this, the reason for that is it's really um, represents the the path of going into the gap or into the being willing to who you are is I don't know or getting that um, what you're looking for is what you're looking with and paying attention to attention and, and becoming nothing and um, all that stuff. Yeah. Um. How long does it take? No, I'm thinking in terms of being a parent. Like, I guess you can go through it while you're a parent. Yes. It's, I think it's something that has periods to it. Because I, I feel like after the last intensive, that's what happened to me. And in San Jose, for weeks, it was like I was, I was collapsing. And I mean, it was, it was a whole other round of just inner torture in a certain way. I mean, of just like angst. It was real. it wasn't personal. I mean, it was in a certain way, but it was like everything was so clear. It just felt like my insides were We should have called each other. I was in the same place. Well, you did call me. I said, I, you called me. We did. Oh, did? Did I? Okay. But, I just kind of wanted to ask about the hand, like, would you also call, like, include something like cooking and cleaning in that? In it's that? great to do that. It's not exactly this. Uh-huh. It doesn't fulfill exactly this, but it's valuable. Those are, all, those are always valuable. Huh? Why doesn't it fulfill that? Uh, because because they're, those are kind of more creative. There's, they're more open-ended. There's more possibilities. This is just repetitive, like so. Understanding of it is that you—it's really you have to you, you want to get it in your body already, like so you've got it in your body, so that no matter what your inner experience is doing, you can sit there and go like this. Because, like for example, this person that Clint interviewed that you just mentioned actually went through the court of medicine. Literally, like his, you know, people know about him. He went crazy, and you know, for a few days and. He was in the right circumstances. He was, you know, there were practitioners around, and he came out of it. And like, you know, and now he's like very, very nice. You know, like you never know. But he says that that was that was the beginning of his possibility for actually working. So it may be less intense or maybe more intense. But the idea is that you have something that like you can just keep your body here, and you know. And there's an example that I heard. Um, which isn't exactly the same, but this, uh, a friend of ours who's a rabbi said that his father always would lead the Passover Seder every year, and there's an exact set of rituals that are always the same, and you eat this thing and you do that. And 
the example of it was that even when his father had advanced Alzheimer's and couldn't even really talk or communicate, when they'd sit him at the Passover table, at the head of the table, he'd like do all the things hmm. that he was supposed to do. It's called a body of habits. And the, and the importance of creating a body of habits that supports and sustains practice, or that it is really made out of practice, is also valuable after you die because that's kind of what carries you through the bardos. I don't recommend that you guys talk about this stuff with other people who aren't in camp, too. Can I ask you to wrap up a second? I'm not clear about I'm serious. I'm really serious. Yeah, don't... Yeah. Yeah, don't be, don't be like having coffee with people out there and talking about this stuff. They, they know that well because that that description is not not what description yeah no I'd say that was a section of a corridor of madness it's just like there's there are chambers along the way. Yeah. I mean, in the book, he, he says it's like between this sacrifice and that sacrifice, we go through it. Like there's, there seems to be like a particularly intense and specific part of it or something. So you, so that's what I'm asking. So you go like there are periods of life where you like you go in, you're in it, and you come out, and then you're at a new place of sacrifice. No, that's all part of it. It's. Oh, it includes you're in it all the time. You just, ex yeah, you just yeah. experience it. It's like completely in it. Yeah. But we just are more aware of it at certain times than other times. Yeah. It's more intense than other times. Okay. When all your sort of hands on reality start to collapse. Yes. When all your. What you've held to be reality starts to collapse beneath you and really do experience yourself. So you're going mad. Whatever. Yeah. It's not comfortable. It's not normal. You're learning stuff. You're learning stuff at an exceedingly high rate. And learning is not different from discomfort. I mean, really, it's, neither is it different from play. And so discomfort and play are kind of an interpretation. So... Isn't it just doing, like, doing the work? Like when Red Hawk says, I, I work hard, I do my work. Mm -hmm. So isn't he just talking about being in the corridor of what his particular work is in the corridor? His work that he's talking about is like, I don't know, washing dishes. Or, like, remember he said that he went to the, he got his job in the restaurant and washed dishes because he hated to wash dishes. Because he was lazy. Because he was lazy. Yeah. And so he's, he's a hard worker. He's working with his nose. He was still not working with his nose. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the kind of work he's talking about. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't like to use the word with capital W work because it's just such a deceiving thing and it makes it so hard. Yeah, it's not a well no just because it's it's deceiving because people think I'm doing the work you know and with a capital W and it's like mm -hmm. they don't have any idea what they're talking about and it's just deceiving it's a deceptive word so I don't recommend that we use that word in camp too thank you <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Let's refer to it as play. Yeah. <laughs> With a small P. Small P. Yeah.
A very small play. Actually, it is the play, actually. And when you're in the gap, you get that it's all theater. So, anything else about this? Yeah, those won't help you. If you try to memorize those, you will um, actually harm yourself because um, your mind will grab them and it will try to uh, figure it out or try to declare that you already got it. And those are actually, each one of those is the result of s some person's realization, you know, some like insight. And then they, they write about their enlightenment or whatever. And people go, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's cool, I get it, I get it, you know. And that's not it. But, um, but, but once you, um, like, so I don't recommend trying to, like, it's, it's like we're giving you the answers to a koan. It destroys the koan. So, you understand what a koan is? Okay. Yeah. Um, this might be the same thing, but I'm just wondering, are we going to be in the corridor for the rest of our lives? Probably. Um, and the only people who get out of the corridor are like enlightened masters. Enlightened bastards, you said? <laughs> <laughs> enlightened bastards. Enlightened bastards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are they out of the corner of the house? Are they on the other side? Yeah. It's like they own it. It's like they know the territory. Well, it's bigger than that. They own that. They own it. It's like, yeah. It's like really they're out the other side because they're, 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 they've just become the whole thing. It's become part of them. So, and, and, I, and I think that's so, and I think, I don't plan on coming out of the corridor of madness for, until I come out. It's like no big deal, but I'd rather be in the corridor of madness than in front of a television. I mean, and I think we've been in the corridor of madness all along. Like that could be part of our road sign thing. Mm -hmm. It's just really And we've can made you, it this far. I mean, can you, it seems like when you say in the corridor of madness or in front of a television, I mean, none of that kinds of music. Seems like as a as a, a race we're in the world. You mean America? You no, mean just like the world. I mean like the world. Well, just, yeah. but it's that's not true. The, being t the point of it is not to be this general metaphor for you know being messed up or anything. The point of it is that it's part of a particular kind of process. It's really what Simon said about you're just, your grip holds on what you thought reality was aren't there anymore. You're holding on to them as hard as you can and all of a sudden they're not attached to anything. And, or all of a sudden they're just like not there. And you've all had that experience and it's just like that. So that, that's like scary for most people. For you guys, it's a hobby. For you guys, it's like, you know, vitamin, vitamin, you know, madness. If you take it M, vitamin M, you take it like daily. In having children is one way that your beliefs will constantly be, be being pushed on mm -hmm. and tested and they'll be the thoughts and then you'll start asking a bunch of questions that you never asked before. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're totally in alignment. I mean, having kids is really it. Yeah. Speaking of the sacrifice of comfort. (laughs) 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 I had another question about like when you're in the corridor, um, just a couple things like relax, keep stepping, and like stay connected to your school. Sounds like it'd be really important. Yeah. But it's great to consider how to live well there. Yeah. Like Werner calls it leaning forward slightly off balance. And it's just you keep moving. That's Warner's? No, it's, well, that's where I first heard it was Warner. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. I think it is Really? Okay. So it's Andrew says. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's important to to just like pay attention to that. Like that's okay. Leaning forward slightly off balance is is really fine. Werner uses the metaphor of skiing though. When he really does the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, sk- oh, Werner's is in control, out of control. That's what Werner's is. It's you're in control, out of control. It's like you're saying yes and you're saying I don't know at the same time. That's the diagnosis. The white. Yeah, exactly. That's the diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's like really in control, control. Uh-huh. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's grinning over She's there. She's okay. She's in control. <laughs> this is a hobby for us, Clint. <laughs> <laughs> I like the question about how long does it take? <laughs> <laughs> how long does it take? That is a great question. You know, the answer, which is an <laughs> asshole answer, is it, it takes... It has to be done in two minutes. It takes exactly as long as it takes. And the factors are um, grace and luck. Those are really the factors. Like for some people it takes, you know, a week. And some people it takes, you know, lifetimes. Yeah. Okay. My teacher Ben has a story about a guy who's incredibly talented and came to him on Tai Chi and I mean, like the guy literally got it in hmm. seven months. Hmm. It just appeared and as far as anybody knows he's not practicing. He <laughs> 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 was just reminding himself. Yeah. Yeah, so really, like, um, you can't do this alone. You really have to be in the influence of a, a training school to do that because the um, it's like the energy like we were talking about yesterday if you're a tube it's the energy that you're that comes through the tube that really gives you the energy to um, go through this you can't use your own energy it's far too small it's not far too insufficient you just you really only have the energy to, to do that to do the processes to go through it from serving something bigger than yourself. And then you know what happens is that 
as it, I mean, you know, the corridor of madness is a two. I mean, it's like it's the same thing. So it becomes necessary for that which you're serving for you to become a, a more efficient two or a more, you know, when it's necessary, your transformation occurs when it's necessary. So the trick is to learn how to how to create necessity and become useful, like Porna said. When you become useful, you're used. And that's what Camp 2 is about. Camp 2 is about becoming useful. That's the bottom line. That's really what it is. And everything else is left to grace and luck. But, um, you know, the force does not ignore a good two. If you're, if you're useful, you will be used. It's a law. Great. Thank you. Questions like that are always welcome. May this tape be used for the benefit of all sentient beings everywhere.